everyone, Steven and Jesse here. Steven Jensen up top on the screen, Jesse Davin below on uh, audio form. And we are here to talk about AW's Fight for the Fallen, which is tonight on TNT. So we're going to give you some predictions for the show. And then we're also going to talk some more GCW Homecoming. I did a full review right here on this channel on Monday. And it was Jesse's... This was your first time watching GCW, right? Um, I watched the Fight Forever I was actually oh, like, okay. you know, what's really funny is I really appreciated the fight forever because I was in labor that entire time. So I didn't sleep. So that was perfect timing then. It was perfect. I literally watched that entire thing because I was up all night in labor. Okay. Well, so, so. So I watched that. So I had some experience with that. Um, and, you know, I've seen glimpses of like Joey Janelle's spring break, which I think is GCW, isn't it? Yes. And then um, for the culture. A little bit of that here and there, but I've never, other than the fight forever, I've really never sat down and like watched a full show, let alone two nights of it. So this was like my first full GCW like traditional experiences. Cause I mean, they've done homecoming before, so. Hell yeah. Okay. So yeah. And there's, there's a lot I want to ask Jesse here on this show about, about what she thought about GCW because the fight forever show, like that was, I mean, that was obviously a 24 hour show. So there was like a whole bunch of different stuff throughout that. This was like yeah. a straight up like GCW weekend. And then there was obviously like really big news that came out of the weekend. So, um, so yeah, we'll talk about that on the stream as well. So it's going to be mainly fight for the fallen predictions. And then I'm just going to ask Jesse, um, some thoughts on the GCW, uh, homecoming shows this weekend. So as Ooh. always, if you guys have super chats, donations, super chats go right through YouTube. The donation link is in the description below. Anything that you send us will ensure that you get your comment read out, your statement read out. Um, we will answer any questions you got, um, whether they be AEW-related, GCW, even WWE, UFC, like whatever, pro football-related, doesn't matter. If you send us money through super chats or donations, we will make sure to uh, try to give you your money's worth and, and, and talk about that subject for you. Um, this will also always go on the audio feed the next day on the Fight Talk podcast. So always keep in mind that any questions you ask, even if they're, um, even if you're here live, like you'll see it live, but the audio listeners will also be uh, able to have a chance to listen to your question or hear your statement and stuff um, through the audio feed as well. So, speaking wait, of super chat, Lisa. Oh, oh, for Gage. Okay, I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, no, I said all right, Chris Jericho because. As we will discuss at Fight for the Fallen, Chris Jericho is in some trouble. And we appreciate you, Issa, so much. I love you so much. Yes. What's up, Issa? Thank you very much for the super chat. Um, Issa was on there doing her, I think it was a Raw preview that I caught a couple minutes of um, on Twitter. And her and Little Roman were doing their thing. So it's always good to see them out there. I, I mean, Issa, you're a real trooper for reviewing and, and previewing all this WWE still. Don't know how you do it, but... No, um, she's a trooper. She sits there, she plays <laughs> it, edits it, puts it on oh, YouTube, yeah. does the pre-party. I mean, it's amazing. A pre-game. Yes. You just gotta do more of that for, like, AEW and, like, get more into GCW and start watching IWTV. Like, that's... that. I would be very happy to see that, Issa. I know you're, I know you're finally, like, getting like really diving into AEW Issa. So like, I'm very happy to see that. And by the way, I'm never telling people like, don't watch WWE, don't watch Raw. I'm just saying like, a lot of people have a lot of issues with those shows and there is a lot of really good wrestling out there right now. So like, I don't even like hearing people complain about the WWE at this point because it's like, if you don't like it, 
watch something else. Like, there's so many options. Um, but uh, but thank you very much. And Jesus says she does it for AEW. I saw that you've been doing it for AEW, so like I think that's awesome. Um, so yeah, thank you all very much. And uh, I mean, we might as well talk about that first, Jesse. Like it's right here at the top of the okay. list. Um, tonight at Fight for the Fallen, we are going to get Chris Jericho as the Pain Maker taking on Nick Gage in a no rules match. Um, it's a no rules match. It's not a death match. Well, I don't know if they can call it a death match on TNT. That might be part of it. Um, oh, well, they had a Texas death match. Well, that's true. That's true. I forgot they did that. That's what they called it last week. Him and Archer. So yeah, maybe he, they keep two weeks in a row. I, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, regardless, it's it's a it's a death match, is what it seems like. I, yeah. I don't know how far they'll go, but they went. I mean, they did some stuff on on last week with with Mox and, and Archer, like the barbed wire uh, barbed boards and stuff like that. Exactly. So, you know, I like I, I think a couple things that I'll get your thoughts on it. Like, I think that I love I love this labors of Jericho story because. Like, last week, he had to beat Sean Spears, and Spears could use the ladder, which I thought was... It wound up being a way better match than I think people expected it to be. Yeah. And then this week, he's got to fight Nick Gage in basically a death match. So now it has my wheels really spinning on, like, who is MJF? Like, because I have to assume Jericho's going to win, and that is my prediction. But I have to... Now I'm thinking, like, could they get Ultimo Dragon? Because, like, they've talked about maybe bringing him in, and if they do, like, Chris Jericho at the Lionheart versus... Like, if Jericho keeps, like, kind of going back and, like, having to use different gimmicks throughout this thing, I think it'd be an awesome story. Um, Do you think this is an antithesis because he's going to retire or something? I don't... I think he's just trying to reinvent himself. Because, like, I can... Tonight, I think Jericho is going to take a lot of stuff. Like, I think he'll probably take the pizza cutter. um, If they have any light tubes or glass or something. I think Jericho is going to try to prove... Like, I don't know if... I don't think they're going to go as far as GCW goes, but I think they're going to go farther than what the people are used to seeing on uh on mainstream tv and i think part of it's probably like jericho he's got to know that he's getting a little bit stale and yeah. you know what better way to reinvent yourself you saw what, what you saw what it did for matt cardona this weekend like chris jericho could show up at gcw hypothetically speaking forbidden door style and he could have like a death match against somebody like alice cologne or something like in gcw maybe like that would know. be cool yeah so what do, you, what do you think about this matchup? Who do you think wins? Um, and, and, and especially after seeing Nick Gage um, this weekend against Cardona, like um, if that adds any more to like kind of your thoughts on this. Well, I'm excited. I'm really excited. The last person I expected to come out was Nick Gage. But as soon as MJF said he once robbed a bank, I went, no way, Nick Gage? I said, no way. Nick Gage is very much GCW Indies guy. You know what I mean? Like, he always seems to be... Oh, there's an earthquake. Sorry. <laughs> not, here. not here in Japan. I um, love that you're so into it that you're getting alerts for so earthquakes in other countries. I don't know why. I just... I want to catch the big one. <laughs> Fair enough. But anyway, um, he, he always seems like... like me. You see, we'll talk about it later, but you watch his entrance in GCW Homecoming, and he's just like hometown guy home-cooking GCW Indies guy. Like, he'll always be, like, the big name on the Indies. He seems like, you know, fuck the man, you know? You know, like, very anti-mainstream. So to see him on AEW, one tells me that he respects AEW, which makes me respect AEW even more. 
And B, it tells me that I think I think you're right. I think Jericho sees how stale he's getting. I think he sees a lot of the discourse online. You see people making fun of him going, Mary Jericho's out of shape. I think we talked about this on Saturday. You know, how he's out of shape, how he looks different. He's, you know, oh, look at Jericho in this knockoff WWE. And I think he sees that his character is getting stale. And I think when you look at Chris Jericho, you see a guy who constantly reinvents himself to keep relevant. And it's honestly the most impressive thing. And one of the greatest things of all time, honestly. I mean, look at what he's done. His last run in WWE with the list. You've got, you know, the pain maker over in New Japan. You've got, you know, whatever he is in AEW, Judas Man. Right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it's it's remarkable. And maybe you're right, because I was starting to get worried. I'm like, oh, shit, is he, like, getting ready to retire or what's going on? But you're right, he's probably just going through these labors of Jericho. He's, he's reinventing himself. And I think it's really beautiful, honestly. Like... It's so creative, and it's, oh, man, I don't want to use the analogy, but it reminds me of, like, some stories in the Bible. It's almost, like, biblical. Like, you look at, like, the book of Job and, like, the trials that Job went through and just, like, kind of stuff like that. I mean, that sounds really far-fetched. I'm sorry. That's all I can think of. But it's, like, really fantastic classic storytelling in stages, not only to build for this feud, but to also build respect and to build recognition for Jericho. Because like you said, he's gotten kind of stale while MJF has remained over. You're right. And I feel like this this helps build him up. And I think you're right. I mean, what's going to happen next? I think that's what makes this even more exciting. Do I think he's going to win? Absolutely, he has to win. I think Nick Gage will be defeated again. Spoiler, sorry. But I think you're right. I think Jericho takes a lot. I think he definitely takes a pizza cutter. I don't know if they'll do any light tubes I, because I feel like product, television production lawyers will get involved with that. Oh, and by the way, I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I don't want to forget to tell you this. I and You reminded me. me you, okay. you had asked me about the light tubes over the weekend. There is a specific type of light tube that they use. It's a real light okay. tube, but it, there's a specific type that they use that apparently like is safer doesn't have mercury. I don't know what the exact reason is, but that, that could be it. I, just, I didn't want to forget to tell you that. I did ask, and it is a specific oh, type of light you. tube. Yes. Because I was so curious because I'm like, dude, I remember when I was a diver, I used to do platform and springboard diving competitively, right? My coach was actually at the Olympic trials, which is really cool. Um, and we, had, we were training one time. And we went into the back room to go do some conditioning, and one of those light tubes had broken. We had to leave the fucking building for one light tube in a giant aquatic center. And I'm like, how, how could that not be? <laughs> yeah. Yes. That answers your question, though, because that, that is, I mean, that is a good point. Like, because when you go to these shows live, and I've, I've experienced it myself, where, like, if you're in the crowd at these small shows, like, you in the crowd will wind up, like, with that on you like sometimes it'll cut like your arms up and stuff because like you're just so close to it that the glass oh, will actually hit you wow well thank you for letting me know that so maybe there will be some fluorescent bulbs and stuff or tubes i don't know i i, I have a feeling it's going to be gnarly and it's going to be fun i think jericho bleeds a lot i agree I think jericho gets his 
not his comeuppance, but his he earns his stripes. You know what I mean? Yeah, and another layer to this too that people I think are kind of overlooking is you know Chris Jericho narrated the Dark Side of the Ring. Like he's very familiar with what Nick Gage does, <laughs> and yeah. you know, like he's probably been wanting to do this since he did that show. He's probably sitting there going like. Oh my God! This guy is this over right now. Like I gotta get a piece of this. Wonder if that's what made him want to seek out Nick Gage. That's probably a big part of it. And then there's also, of course, you know, John Moxley and Nick Gage have a feud going right now as well. And of course, you know, Moxley's in AEW. And true. And what I think is going to wind up happening because they announced that GCW's War Games is going to be the night before All Out in Chicago. So I think we're going to get Nick Gage versus John Moxley at All Out. I really do. So, really i think so um i could be wrong obviously i don't know that but i just i feel like i mean they're both gonna be the same town like and and gage is gonna be in a war games match where you'd normally think like oh he'd be that'd be way worse like for for but because there's gonna be 12 people in the match they can kind of work around gage like having sure. to go as far as he normally would in a singles match like everyone else can get really really beat up um so I, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to all this stuff. And I love that there's, like, this GCW, AEW crossover stuff kind of going on. And um, and we'll talk more about GCW specifically after AEW. But, obviously, we had to talk about both when it came to this match. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we're all on the same page. I think we all figure Jericho's going to win. But Gage is going to show the world, like, what he's all about. And Jericho's willing to, like, go out there and bleed. And, and I... Honestly, I would have said there's no chance in hell they're going to use the pizza cutter, but he brought it out last week, so the expectation is there now. So they better use it now, or else we're gonna all get mad. I love how bloodthirsty you sound. They better use it now. I want to see it. PW has turned me. Yes. Oh, we had a couple Uh, super chats. Yeah, we do have some super chats from Deshaun. Thank you so much. You didn't, Deshaun. I know you've got to spend your money other places, man. You didn't have to do that. You really don't. We appreciate you, man. Whenever you can, we appreciate it. But man, don't ever feel obligated. We we really appreciate you no matter what. And he said, "This is as much as I can do." Hey guys, AEW tonight, yeah. Hell yeah, yes. Thank you, Deshaun. As always, I mean, you you hit us up with super chat so often. Like we, I know I say it all the time, and it sounds like I'm broken record. Like y'all don't understand how much these super chats help me and Jesse. Like these, well, just especially the, right now. Exactly. Like Jesse's got a lot going on with her family. I'm a freelance worker where, like, I don't know how much money I'm going to make each month, like, because it just depends on what work I'm doing. So, like, anytime we get a a little extra money, like, it goes towards literally getting me food. And also, I reinvest it constantly. I'm always looking to, like, get a better microphone so that it sounds better for y'all listening. I'm looking into getting a better... I mean, I was able to buy a new laptop to stream from because I just kept saving money off of like merchandise for fight talk or like these shirts and stuff. Like just anything I make on the podcast, I'm constantly trying to put a little bit aside to make it better experience for y'all that watch and listen to. So thank you so much for everyone who sends these. And I saw that, um, table talk Coindester sent us, um, a super yeah. chat as well. Um, it says Jericho is going to give us a bloodbath. I think he will leave it all in the ring. The labors of Jericho is our farewell tour. You guys rock, by the way. I don't think it's a farewell tour. I just think it's a reinvention. But I do appreciate the super chat, and I do agree with the bloodbath. What, what about you, Jesse? Thank you so much, Tabletop Poindexter. Really appreciate it. I think so. Maybe, you know what it could be? It could be like a farewell tour for him to actually go on tour with Fozzie. Oh, that's true. And, he could take a little time off for, for a Fozzie yeah. tour. Sure. 
I think because I think they are going on tour, and then maybe he comes back reinvented. Um, but like, and you know what? I it could be a farewell tour. Do I think it is? I hope not. Um, but you never know, and it certainly does look that way sometimes. But like you said, maybe he's just um, like reinventing himself. So you never know. Yeah, I I also know that Jericho has said a lot of times throughout his career that like. He doesn't want to have like a big send off in wrestling. He wants to like the like his perfect kind of like exit was when back in like 2005 or whenever it was when he got like fired by Eric Bischoff or whatever on Raw. He like lost to John Cena or something and got like fired and like carried out of the building. Like he was like that was like the perfect send off. He's like I just want people like he doesn't want it to be this whole like. It's my final... I mean, it might wind up eventually being this. I don't know. But he's kind of said, like, he doesn't want, like, a big final match, like, a big final moment. He just kind of wants to do whatever's best for the show and then just disappear. Like, which I think is pretty badass. That is badass. Throwback with the Super Chat. What's up, Throwback? I got his book, by the way. Oh, Jericho's book. The uh, the list of Jericho? Is that what you're talking about? The Like, his career list? Yeah. It's interesting. I bet it's really good. I, I read, uh, I, I own his first two books, uh, The Lion's Tale and the, uh, I can't remember what the second, it was like X amount of steps to winning the title or something like that. But oh. A Lion's Tale, I would highly recommend reading. That was an incredible really? book. Um, one of my favorite stories out of that was he, he tells this story about how he was, he was in Mexico and he had met Eddie Guerrero and this is, I think, before they had both, like, went to Japan and, and, of course, ECW and stuff. But Jericho meets Guerrero in Mexico, and they're sitting around and, like, they're, like, smoking weed or whatever, just hanging out. And then he notices a, a small child smoking a joint with him. And he oh and Jericho's like, what the hell's going on with this kid? That kid wound up being Rey Mysterio. <laughs> really but he but he was but he looked like a little kid he was actually like close to their age but he looked so little and so young jericho thought he was a child he was actually like a teenager but um but it's just i love those little stories like that where it's just like oh my god that's so funny to think chris jericho meeting Rey mysterio in mexico and Rey mysterio is like a teenager and he meets him in like a like they're all like smoking a joint together and like they, they all three of them wind up being absolute legends in the wrestling business like incredible yeah um another super chat thank you Travis. you want to read this one jesse thank you travis we got one from throwback too oh geez sorry i, I skipped over I, I thanked him for the super chat but forgot to read it go ahead jesse yes uh thank you throwback and thank you travis we'll get to yours travis after throwback thank you so much throwback he says rosa on this card has me curious should be fun congratulations to thunder rosa by the way, for officially signing with AEW. Thank you so much, Throwback. Definitely does have me curious as well. What about you? Yeah, for sure. I think Thunder Rosa is the best example, outside of maybe Kenny Omega, but it'd be pretty close, as far as, like, the best example of the Forbidden Door concept so far. Because she shows up, you know, she shows obviously she works regular for NWA, but she'll now be regular for AEW, but she was already pretty much regular for AEW. She showed up in Impact's um, Impact Slam Reversary as the mystery opponent to Diana Perrazzo. She's wrestling in Triple A or Triple A, depending on uh, yeah. how uh, 
how Hispanic you can make yourself sound because I'm not very good at that. Um, <laughs> I can't roll my tongue. So like half the words in Spanish, I just sound very, very, very white trying to say. <laughs> like when I was in, when I was in high school learning Spanish, like, like, cause I just, I just sound so dumb. People always made fun of me because I'd be like, yo, yo, queero taco bell or whatever. And they'd be like, that doesn't sound, yeah, can't, 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 can tippy top you have thunder rosa serena deeb charlotte flair diana perrazzo like those might be like the four best women's wrestlers jordan grace is way up there they're, they're, they're great bro yeah i mean that, that's my girl like i know i know i, I love jordan but I, there's there there and i can i can send that list to like 10 or so right i mean you're always gonna have sasha there and bailey there and stuff but my point is thunder rosa's in that in that league with all of them so she's in the yeah yes um and honestly, I think I probably prefer Thunder Rosa right now to everyone except for maybe Serena Deeb. Like, I'm really, really high on Serena Deeb's work right yeah. now. Um, and that's just a personal preference. Like, you could pick or choose either. I'm definitely not going to make a, a, an argument. Um, Travis with the Super Chat, if you want to read that one out. Thank you, Jesse. Or, sorry, thank you, Travis, if you want to read that, Jesse. <laughs> thank you so much, Travis. We really, really appreciate it says, looking at the card tonight, looks amazing tonight. What could be labor number three? I think they do cage match, considering they only really done one. Travis, thank you so much. That's a great question. I really don't know. I think what you said earlier could be. Ultimate could be Dragon. A, yes. What Do you think that would just be a straight-up match, or what kind of match would it be? Yeah, that'd just be straight-up, I think. I think it'd be more about, like, Jericho being the lion tamer again okay. and, and Ultimo Dragon. They some of my favorite matches ever are Jericho versus Ultimo Dragon from WCW. Um and also just before I miss it, George Hook says, Oh God, no, it's Britt Baker is the best. Britt Baker is definitely the most over woman in AEW. I, I will not debate that. I don't think she's in the same league just yet in the ring as the others, but like I will not argue that Britt Baker yeah, deserves to be AEW champion. She's she's not been wrestling for very long. Exactly. That's the only... I mean, it's just one of the things, like, it's pretty much impossible. Unless you're, like, MJF and you just, like, are a sponge and just get as good as everybody within, like, your first year of wrestling somehow. Because, like, that's what people don't realize. Like, MJF was good immediately. Like, on the indies, he, like, he rose through the indies so fast. That's why he's only 25 right now and he's already, you know, two years in on AEW. Because he's been... But, but he's just a straight-up wrestling prodigy. Um... With with Britt Baker, she's going to take a little bit of time, but I she is undoubtedly the most over. So I I think she should be the AEW Women's Champion as she is, um, and I love she finally got her action figure. I ordered it. Like I trust me, big big Britt Baker fan here. Trust me, y'all. Woohoo! But yeah, I think you know what I think that's a really great question, Travis, and I'd love to hear what the chat has to say. I'd love to hear their predictions. One person I'd like to hear predict is Corey. I know he's probably not in the chat right now, but I'd love to hear what he has to say because he has such a big database in his brain that I'm sure he could find some Jericho match. He could find something that we haven't thought of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Bill's Mafia mentions Juventud Guerrera. 
That's a possibility, too. They have history, and Juventude's wrestling still. I saw that he just got announced for some... I don't know what show it was, but he's going to be on some, like, U.S. show uh, pretty soon. And he probably can still go. I hadn't seen him wrestle in a while, but he was always super talented. Um, big fan of Hoobie Juice. So, my thing is, like, I'm such a mark for WCW that, like, if they can bring anyone from WCW into the company that can still wrestle to any degree, like, I'm definitely down to watch it. So, um... Sure. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, that's a great point, though, Travis, or a great, um... A great line of thinking, like, because I do think there's a chance we can get a cage match uh, with Jericho. I just don't think it necessarily be like Hoovy or, or Ultimo, but that's not to say there isn't somebody else. I mean, like, not that I'm, like, the biggest fan personally, but, like, there's a lot of history between him and Luther. I mean, you can maybe do, like, a hardcore or, like, a cage match or something with the two of them, because... And this is nothing against Luther as a person, obviously. It's just the way he's portrayed on the show is more so of, like, a jobber. So, like, you wouldn't expect him to beat Jericho. But, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, but they do have a lot of history with one another. So I can see that as maybe being an option. Um, Luther's actually the one who, who told Jericho to start using the lion salt, what I've read recently. Which really? Is, yeah, which is wild that they've been friends that long. Um, I think Jeremy Lambert's the one who told me that, so shout out to Jeremy. I don't. I want to make sure to give him credit for that. But nice, um, love you, Jeremy. Yeah, I actually got a I got a Booty Pro Wrestling shirt on the way in the mail right now. Nice. Um, yeah, I, 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 I as a joke, I like I went in. I've never watched the product, right? I've never watched because they do these fantasy booking shows called Booty Pro Wrestling on Twitch. Him and him and my boy, my boy Joseph Holbert, and those two dudes. Like, it's basically just this like. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's like a it's like a pro wrestling simulator where you like type in, you know, and but like I went in the chat because I saw they were advertising, they were giving away a free T-shirt. So I literally just went in the chat and like all caps was just like spamming like I'm only here for the free T-shirt, and then like I wound up winning the T-shirt. <laughs> so so I'm going to uh, I'll rock that on stream often for those. I love I love Jeremy and Joseph. Those guys are fucking great. Um, didn't mean to cuss just then, but I think you did earlier, so I think it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks y'all so much for the super chats. We'll keep moving on with the show, but I mean, feel free to keep sending these in. We'll make sure to keep yeah. deep diving for you. Um, the next match we have, this could be really damn good. Uh, we have Santana and Ortiz with Conan as their manager, which I love that they brought Conan yeah. in for this. Awesome. Versus FTR, the team of Wheeler and Harwood. Uh, with, of course, Tolly Blanchard. Who do you think wins this one, Jesse, and how do you think it happens? Uh, ooh. Uh, I want to... Santana and Ortiz kind of need a win, don't they? I feel like they... You bring it in Conan for this, you might as well give him the win. I think... I think... I think FTR is pretty solidified as, like, a, a tag team, and they're they're pretty good. I think, I think Santana and Ortiz win this. Um, I think they need a win. I think they need a win. I, I think it'll be fun. I don't. I, I'm assuming it's a clean win because I don't really want them to do. Okay, one thing I do have a gripe about with AEW right now is they're doing a lot of like ref distractions, and like really long, dumb ref distractions. And you have someone like Aubrey out there who's like on top of everything and you just make her get quote unquote distracted it really throws me fucking off like 
So I, I really hope they don't do that. Um, but I think Santana and Ortiz win. I think it'd be really cool if they bring back the sock with the lock in it. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. Maybe they, maybe they do it to a ref distraction. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I just said I'm pissed off at the ref distractions, but sometimes they work. But a lot of times they they last way too long. I'm okay they with need... them occasionally, as long as it's not like every match. You know what I mean? Yeah, they just last a really long time, and and it like it can be like for like a quick second. I get that. That can happen, but they last for way too long. Like it's like a good minute, and I'm like, come on. Aubrey knows to fucking turn around. Right. Like, I'm a, I'm not staring at somebody like straight for a minute. I'm constantly looking over and making sure shit isn't happening. When there's also the risk of like, because this happens too sometimes, where the ref like clearly accidentally looks too early and like definitely sees what's happening, but then like looks away, and that's always kind of cheesy. Yeah. yeah, that's always really cheesy. But I think, um, I think Santana and Ortiz are gonna win. I hope so. Yeah, this is a really tough one to predict, and that's a great thing. Like, I love that it's hard to predict. Yes. Um, uh, Bill's Mafia mentioned uh, that Santana and Ortiz have really upped their games in AEW. Those, he says those white faces are badass. I think what you're referring to is, like, the dead president's face paint that they do sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. That is badass. It really is. Um, yeah. They wore street fight. Yes, they did. And, and that's, like, they're... That's that's where it's like that's why it's so hard to decide is it's like Santana and Ortiz definitely like if they won I would have no problem with it but if FGR wanted to have no problem with it like it's a real win win um, I think I think proud and powerful need to win more like you're saying um, yeah but you also have the thing where I think FTR's only loss is to Young Bucks so it's like. Do you, oh, man. It's like, do you keep FTR, like, super strong heading into, like, maybe a rematch with them? Or if the Young Bucks lose the titles, like, FTR is going to get the first shot? Um, or do you build Santana and Ortiz as the next challengers to the Young Bucks? Which I think is also totally possible. Um, I also want to see how best friends get worked I, into this, too. Because they're still, like, my favorite tag team. I want to see them. fucking debuted at All Out two years ago. Santana and Ortiz. That's right. The Young Bucks. That's right. So I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm going to take Santana and Ortiz also, though. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm with you. I think that... I think the combination of them needing the win more um, and also the possibility that there's some fugaziness between, like, Blanchard and Conan or something. Like, something could happen that really protects both yeah. teams. Um, and also, this would set up Ortiz and Santana potentially to fight the Young Bucks for the titles, which is a match we hadn't seen in, in a while. Um, I don't know if we've seen it in AEW at all. I can't remember. No. Like I said, they debuted against after the Young Bucks won the ladder match. Right. At all. Yeah. So kind of building to that since. Yeah, so. It's a, a callback they could do. Yeah. Yeah, and Bill's Mafia mentions the Bucks could lose the titles to Dark Order. I, they could. See, that's the good thing with AEW. There's a lot of options, and they're all good options. Like, there, there's nothing I'm, I'm thinking about where I'm like, oh, that would suck if they did that. It's like, no, that'd be cool if they did all these ideas. So, like, I don't know. I, we'll talk more about the Dark Order, though, um, here in a second when we get to their their match for tonight's show. Um, oh, Proud will beat the Young Bucks at full gear. Okay. I can't remember. 
I mean, I'm sure it happened. I, there's been so much damn good stuff in AEW the last two years that, like, I did, it all just kind of blends together for me. And that's the other yeah. thing, too, is, like, what what does it s- speak to, like, AEW also where, like, their product is, like, so solid that I, like, a lot of the time I don't remember who wins. I, I, I hate that I don't remember the match happening, but I'm sure if I watched it I'd remember, like, right away. But, like, there's nothing that ever sticks out to me outside of, like, the weird, like, explosion that didn't go off and, like, that technical stuff or, like, JR saying, you know, WWE and whatnot. Outside of that kind of stuff, there's really nothing AEW's done booking-wise where I've been, like, oh, God, they really did that. Like, I haven't felt that way once, I don't think. It's all worked and it's all, it's all flowed. It's all flowed and it feels, it feels like a smooth a line of storytelling. You know what I mean? It's not choppy. It's not rough. It's not like WWE where they just scratch something and it doesn't exist anymore. It feels like no matter what, anything that's happened in AW is fair game for a callback and it makes sense. Yes. That's the most important thing. It makes sense. They don't insult our intelligence and pretend like these things didn't happen. Like we saw them happen and they will reference this. <laughs> like that's very simple, <laughs> but, but you know, um, moving on, we have Christian Cage and Jurassic, the Jurassic Express, the team of Marcos, uh, not Marcos Stunt, he won't be in the match, unfortunately, uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, with Marcos Stunt on the outside, taking on the Hardy Family Office, the team of Angelico Private Party, and they'll have, of course, Matt Hardy on the outside. Um, I guess, of course, I want to know who you think is going to win and lose the match, but do you think there's a chance that Christian turns at some point on on these guys? Like, do you think it's a little too white meat baby face? Like, a little too... Or do you think because we think it's so... You know what I mean? Like, it, is AEW playing 4D chess with us and we're going, like, yeah. it's so it obvious hard? he'd turn that, like, they yeah. just won't, you know? It does seem like... When I watch Christian Cage right now as a baby face, it just doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Like, every time he's talking, and I feel like it's obviously it's on purpose, he seems to have an ulterior motive. You can't quite tell. It's like a car salesman kind of thing. Yeah. Like I'm watching some guy pitch some, like, shitty Honda Civic from, like, the year 2000 as, like, the best fucking car in the world. Like, it's not, all right? It's, <laughs> it's like, literally, the engine's literally about to fall out. Even though Honda Civic's lost forever, come on, bro. Don't fucking play with me. But... I do feel like eventually Christian Cage turns on the Jurassic Express. I don't think it happens now. Maybe they tease it. But I feel like something's going to happen with Christian Cage and Matt Hardy. Like, something's going to happen. Because, I mean, I, you know, they're, they're having that feud. They had that match. It was a good match. And I think Jurassic Express wins just because they're over. Because you got Jungle Boy is over as hell. Um, no offense to Private Party. I love Private Party. They're very talented. But I feel like right now, you've got to go with the flow and you've got to go with Jungle Boy. At all, and any opportunity for Jungle Boy to get over, you have to get him over. you got to listen to the crowd, which I feel like EW does profoundly. Or if you're not going to have Jurassic Express win, use Jungle Boy's freaking white-hot overness to solidify this heel turn for Christian Cage. Those are the only two things I feel like that are optional right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you completely on, on, on all that. Like, 
I, I don't think he turns tonight. And no. But I think like eventually they probably have to do that. You know, it's it's interesting. I feel the same kind of way about some of these other guys that could potentially coming into the WWE, like or from the WWE to AEW. Um, obviously, like you know, I guess the way I could put it, like Christian's obviously still very solid. Like he's still very technically sound in the ring like he has good matches but there's just when you're in a situation like in AEW where there's so much young talent that's just like changing the game it's hard to stay like that impressive in my opinion because like now as a heel it's different because like Christian could just like you know his character can change a lot of this perception I think but it's like when you're on the same show as like you know, we're going to have Santana, Ortiz, and FTR, like, two of the best teams. We're going to have Nick Gage deathmatch. We're going to have Kenny Omega on the show and, and Hangman Page on the show. We're going to see Lance Archer. Like, like when you see all this stuff and then you also see Christian just kind of doing the same stuff he's been doing in the WWE for mm-hmm. you know, decades. Oh, it, it's it, it is. It's a little underwhelming, right? But as a heel, that's a little different because you can get around a lot. You don't have to be over with the crowd as a good guy. You just do whatever you can to generate heat. You don't even have to necessarily have great matches as long as, like, your character's over. So, that all said, though, I am taking Christian Cage, Jurassic Express, to win the match, and I think it does further the Matt Hardy and Christian uh, feud. Um, so, we'll see where all of this heads. I think it'll be a solid match, so, I mean, I like everybody involved in the match, so I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, mm-hmm. And is your prediction Cage and Jurassic Express as well? Yeah. Okay, cool. Moving on. Now, this is... a. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go to this one first, and we're going to work into okay. the others because there's so much story in the others. But we have uh, Thunder Rosa versus Julia Hart, who will have the Varsity Blondes with her. Um, of course, Pillman and Garrison, who both recently officially signed with AEW as well. So congratulations to those dudes. Um, the only issue I have with Julia Hart, and this is literally, it's not her fault, and it's not even fair for me to say this, to be honest, but I don't like that last name because that's literally... That's how the Hart family spells oh, it, yeah. and she isn't in the Hart family. Now, I, that might be her actual real name, and, like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know, but my thing is, like, if you're going to use that name, it's kind of like, I I immediately think Hart McMahon. family. It's like using the name McMahon yeah. in wrestling. Exactly. That's, it's a, that's a perfect example. Um so that, but she seems like she has a lot of uh, a lot of potential. But then there's Thunder Rosa, who I've already said is like one of the best wrestlers in the entire world, like regardless of gender. Right now, I think Thunder Rosa for sure wins this match. But I think it's going to be this is a real test for Julia Hart to see where she's really at. If she can have a great match with Thunder Rosa, she's got a lot of really bright future ahead of her. If it's just okay, she probably just needs a little more work. I think we'll find out a lot about Julia Hart in this one. What do you think? I agree. I think Thunder Rosa gets over, but I feel like this is a great. I feel like Thunder Rosa is so good in the ring that she'll she'll really help her, yeah. like improve herself on and because I mean her in ring skills need some work. Julia Hart and I feel like Thunder Rosa is a good person to go up against because she's so damn good. Um, and I think that this will be a good match. I think it'll be fun, especially with the Varsity Blondes in the corner. I feel like that adds a little bit of fun to the match. Gets them on TV too, which is which is fun, especially since they just signed. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun. I think Thunder Rosa obviously gets the victory, uh, works her way up to eventually challenging for Baker again for that women's championship. But for the time being, she will be taking away a victory in this match. Yes, 
on the same page there. Bill's Mafia says that uh, he checked and that is her real last name. So it's one of those things where I don't want to be a jerk and be like, you shouldn't use your own name because like, who am I yeah. to say that? But, but I probably would have thought, I probably would have come up with a stage name, to be honest. I just think this is confusing, but that's, mm-hmm. that's just me personally. Um, uh, and here's the thing. If she winds up being great, like, like years from now, she's like one of the best. It's going to be like, it's going to be almost an homage. You know what I mean? Like they'll be like, Oh, she's like one of the best wrestlers in the world. And she's a heart, but she, she isn't a heart, but like, she's kind of almost, I don't know. It's she, a weird. Cause I'm always going to think of that family when I see that. Removed. name. Fifth cousin thrice removed from the hearts. Or you do a stage name and literally just add an E H E A R T. Cause that isn't the same, you know, I don't know, but E A R D T heart hard. <laughs> Very German. Yes. Um, moving on, we have Lance Archer, uh, defending his newly won IWGP U.S. Championship against Hikaleu, who we saw in the crowd at, which I think is badass too. It's like, you're just watching a, just an episode of Dynamite and there's Hikaleu in a Bullet Club shirt sitting there in the crowd. And it's like, anything can happen on these shows. Forbidden Door is kicked wide open. Right. And this... Archer beating Moxley last week, I had no problem with. Like, Archer's one of the best built dudes in the company as far as, like, protected, like, wins and losses. Like, very rarely loses. Only loses to, like, the biggest names in the company. And then he finally got a big win over a big one here in John Moxley. Needed it. Needed it, for sure. And I have no problem with, with any of that. And this is... I talked about this on the live chat last night with Doug and Brandon. The... It's a testament to how great AEW is when they're like in. So, for example, back up a little bit in the WWE, and I'm only using them as an example because they're they're the standard. Like I, there's nothing else to really compare AEW to. When when you look at WWE and all their title belts, the only title belt that I think means anything in that company is Roman Reigns Universal Championship. That's it. That's the only title belt that I think matters. Um, just because of how all the you see the champions losing all the time on WWE non-title matches and stuff, you just I just feel like you don't care. In AEW, their titles mean so much that even championship belts that aren't theirs are over. Right. Like, like that is true. That's a very good point. Like that's amazing to think about. Like this this U.S. Championship that is a New Japan title. Just on the few times that Moxley defended that belt on AEW TV, even if you've never watched New Japan before, you are that's there's a prestige level to that title belt just based on the little bit you've seen Moxley have it, and it was a really big deal to watch Archer win it last week. It's not even it their was, title. It's not even their title, but it felt you felt the weight of it being on television. Exactly. They were getting their AEW is so good, and the stories make so much sense that they're getting other productions belts. Other promotional company, other wrestling companies belts over on their television show. Like, it's such a testament to the beauty of AEW and how, how well they're booking things and how well they're making things flow and work. A thousand percent. I, I, it's, I, I think the way they've handled the champions in AEW has just been really, really, really well done. Like, the only champions we've seen lose in non-title matches since the company started was the Young Bucks losing to Penta and Kingston. And the, That's right. 
and that happened this only happened one time in the two year plus history of AEW and it was used as a way to set up their pay-per-view match and the and the main reason is also AEW being about rankings they needed a quote-unquote excuse to get Penta and Kingston up up the rankings and into that title match so like it all totally made sense plus the young bucks in storyline were taking the the match lightly like they weren't like really they weren't really like trying as hard as they normally would and they went wound up costing them the match so like all of that made sense it's so much different seeing that once every two years than every time you turn the show on your champions getting beaten on title matches so no. But so that's just, you know, and that's all to say. Lance Archer, new IWGP US champion. I love it. Um, I love his character and, and everything. I like him and Jake the Snake together, but I don't think he necessarily needs Jake at this point because Lance can really talk on his own. And I think Jake could probably be better served talking for somebody else who isn't quite as good on the microphone. But Hikaleo is going to show us a lot too. He's a guy who's still pretty untested, especially in the US. Like, I don't know if he's ever wrestled yeah. on like a big US show. And yeah. He's the brother of Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa, who is they're the kids of Ming uh, slash Haku, one of the one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. Love me the Tonga Death Grip, and um, universally praised as the uh, most ridiculously badass, impossible guy to beat in a fight ever in real life. So, um, the story. Have you heard the stories about Haku in real life? Like the fight? no. So just to give you an example, there are stories that have been that have been told by multiple people. Like, I've, I've heard from so many different people these stories. Like, and they're all the same. So, like, I totally believe them. Ming has had things happen to him where, like, apparently he's just, like, the wrong guy to screw with. Like, you do not want to mess with this dude. And there have been instances where he's gotten in fights with people, like, at bars or and stuff. There's one, there's one time he bit a dude's nose off. Oh my god. There was one dude who I think he gouged his eye out. There is nice. there are stories about him breaking through handcuffs. Like he like him being put in handcuffs by police and just busting through them. Like um apparently he, he inhaled apparently apparently during one of his big fights in public, he incited enough enough action that a police squad showed up and pepper sprayed him and he apparently inhaled the pepper spray and just kept going dude like so what? yeah so like so like there's all these stories about uh, ming slash haku just being the most savage human being ever in like the coolest way ever and these, these are his kids we're talking about so like there's that expectation of like if you're ming's kid like you you're probably a pretty tough badass you know what i mean dude have to be it's just survival <laughs> so that's versus archer and both of the guys are like very tall too like they uh aesthetically it's very cool to see guys that size um that can both wrestle so um you know i talked about it last week and i was probably a little harsh on it in hindsight but i was talking about how i don't think like omos and Strowman would be that good and they're both like really big dudes i think this is going to be pretty good actually and they're both really big dudes so um so yeah uh, what do you think i mean i think it's pretty obvious archer probably retains but there is the doubt there because hikaleo is a new japan wrestler who could potentially bring the title back to japan you know what i mean yes i mean that's the beauty of aw is there's always that lingering doubt in your mind about something that could happen so um one thing i do want to make note of is um that lance archer won in his hometown <laughs> yes good call <laughs> 
which is nice because in a Texas death match in Dallas, which was really, really, or Garland, excuse me, which is outside. It's a suburb far, far away from the inner city of Dallas, but it's still in Dallas because I'm from Dallas. So, um, but, um, yeah, so he won in his hometown, which is really cool. So, I uh, really did enjoy that. I think he wins, um, even though, you know, there's this whole Forbidden Door and, you know, New Japan and some guy we've never seen. We've never seen him in the United States, so he's new to us. So, what's what? I, okay, here's one thing I do really like about AEW is if this was WWE, and I hate to compare it, but this is this, that's all I have to compare it to, really. If this was WWE, this would be like the first time we've ever seen this guy. We're not familiar with his offense. We're not familiar with how he works. He's brand new. Lance Archer is going to be somewhat familiar with him, obviously, because. He, A, exists outside of the AEW universe, but also because he's not fucking stupid and he's probably watched some of his matches, which is nice. It's, like, nice to know that other people watch other matches. So it's, like, and what I love about AEW is when you have someone who's not necessarily been on television in the United States and so he may be unfamiliar to the larger audience, they do a very good job of explaining, like, what their main style of offense is, what their moves are what kind of things they do, what they're known for. And then you also see someone like a Lance Archer play to that in the ring at the same time. Yes. So it makes it very easy for me, a stupid Mark, to understand. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, for sure. And that's a big reason why I think Excalibur is so valuable on commentary because yeah. he knows the history of everybody who is who's on the show. Um, yeah, and they don't beat around the bush about it. And I appreciate that. Right, well, because the, the flip side is like, in the WWE, there I have one I haven't been watching, but like I've I've read enough it's about Piper, whatever exactly Piper Nevin, who I know from NXT UK because I cover that show for Fightful, so I'm like even I'm familiar with her, like and I don't even watch Raw or SmackDown, and the in the apparently the commentary like it was like who is this? She's in who your own this? company. She's been around for years. <laughs> How could you not know who this is? <laughs> It's so, that's what's insulting to me. And that's why I appreciate, it's not insulting for AEW to think that we don't know somebody and to explain it to me. Because guess what? I'm not that familiar with him. I'm not. I know who he is. I know what promotion he works for. But I don't know his moveset. I don't know what he's like in the ring on the daily against somebody. I just know that he's a New Japan wrestler. I know who his relatives are. I know what he's about. I know who he represents because he's wearing a Bullet Club shirt. I'm sorry. I'm not going to take the time to, like, go and watch a bunch of matches before this. Sure. You know? Sorry, I'm just not. Even though I'm a huge fan, I'm just not. And you know what? I don't have to because AEW is going to explain it to me. Exactly. Exactly. So, I think Lance Archer gets the win. But I think it would be really fun if whenever they're defending this title, like, someone, whoever the next challenger is, is, like, in the crowd. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. So, I don't know. That'd be really fun. There could even be a run-in or something, like, after the match, mm -hmm. like, someone comes, or another Bullet Club member, maybe, or something. I mean, because also, I mean, Jay White is, is an impact Chris now. Bay. I mean, Chris yeah, Chris Bay, who hasn't, spoiler alert, he hasn't uh, joined the Bullet Club yet. And, but, oh, shit, but really? he, But he's, he, well, he's, on the show up to where they're at right now, he, he is aligned with, 
with Jay White. Like, it's pretty clear that it's heading that way. But yes, at some point during the tapings, he does officially join the Bullet Club. Um, so yeah, that's another... I, I'm glad you brought him up. I would love to see Chris Bay in AEW. Yes. Um, so yeah, we're both on the same page. Archer probably gets the win here. Um, and I'm glad you brought up the hometown thing from last week because Archer was actually more over than Moxley was because of the hometown thing. And it was really smart to have Archer win in the main event and make it seem like a really big deal. And guess what, y'all? And I know you watching this all know what I'm saying, but this is to anybody who might hear this that, you know, whatever. The loss doesn't hurt Moxley at all. No way. At all. So it's like... It was a total win-win. Like you got Archer to another level, which you, which like it always helps to have more people that are up on. But and here's the thing: I'm always talking about this. Like when you create when you create outliers in people, like like John Moxley. If you're looking at the pecking order of AEW, you have Kenny Omega and John Moxley, and you know to a degree Cody and Jericho. Like you have these guys that are like who I would consider like the tippy tippy top of your company. And you had Archer kind of like right here. There was no one in between the two, but you had Archer kind of right underneath that. And he beats Moxley. And I see Archer on that same level as those guys now. Like, Oh yeah. With one felt swoop. Yes. And there's, and there, there's, that's the only way you can do that. Like that's how you get people over is like Moxley was, it, it could have been any of them, right? If you would have beat Omega, if you would have beat Jericho clean, if you, you know, there's, but there are certain guys at that level, and the only way to get other people to that level is to have those people around to work with and to eventually beat. Like Jungle Boy, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a while, but we've seen the glimpses already of him going with Omega and stuff. He's still lingering down here, but in a few years, if he beats one of these guys for the world title, then you have another guy in that group in, in Jungle Boy. Like it's like. And Darby Allen's like right there too. Right. I mean, it's like you have all these guys, but it's because you have the foundation there. Like you have your actual legitimate stars and they're protected. Like you rarely see Moxley lose. You rarely see Jericho lose. You rarely see Omega lose. So when mm -hmm. one of these guys beats one of them, they're on that level now. And that's so important. So It is important. And, you know, professional wrestling at the end of the day, is very simple and it's a very simple concept. You can make wrestlers look like good wrestlers when they wrestle good against good wrestlers. Yep. That fucking simple. Yep. Doesn't matter a win, a loss, you don't have to do bullshit 50-50 booking, wrestle good against good wrestlers and you will become a good wrestler. Very simple. The simplest things in wrestling is actually I mean it's so funny cuz I talk about this a lot too. As I think a it makes yeah, as a fan, all I want, make it make sense and have good matches. That's literally it. You can give me a surprise every now and then and I'm going to like, I'll mark out. And it's like, that's all I'm asking for. <laughs> that's literally it. Just nice. stories that make sense and good matches. And in what you just mentioned ties into that because stories that make sense would also include having people who are, who are winners and having people who are losers and having some of those losers eventually beat the winners. Like those are all long-term stories that play out. And if the matches are good everybody's happy so um oh phyllis with the super chat what's up phyllis it's been a minute um says hi missed a couple of streams but i'll try to be present on the next ones not cool of me but can you guys recap cloud and powerful versus ftr so excited for that one 
thank you very much for joining. Um, yeah, and welcome back. No worries. You, no pressure. Just come on in when you can. For sure. For sure. And as far as Proud and Powerful um, and FTR, me and Jesse both took uh, Santana and Ortiz to win. But we think it's going to be, I mean, this could be one of the best matches of the night. Like, this is going to be an awesome match. But we were both kind of thinking, like, Proud and Powerful may, you know, they may be one of the next challengers to the Young Bucks. And, like, FTR versus Young Bucks wouldn't make so much sense right away right now because, like, we've seen that and stuff. So, so, and Jesse, mm -hmm. if you want to add anything to that for Phyllis, the Super Chat. Thank you again, Phyllis. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think... You bring Conan in. I feel like that's something special. I don't think that FTR um, looks bad in a loss. I feel like Santana and Ortiz really need a win. I feel like it would really help elevate them. We were kind of talking about the whole Young Bucks thing and leading them up to maybe another feud with the Young Bucks, um, especially heading into All Out when All Out is where they debuted. I think it ties in wonderfully, and we kind of talked about that smooth line of storytelling within AEW that works so well. Um so, uh, yeah, I think at the end of the day, uh, Proud and Powerful need a win, and I think it helps them. And at the end of the day, we want our wrestling to make sense, and it makes sense for them to win. And But, you know, either side, you, neither one can look bad in a loss. But I think that if you look at who needs it more, it's definitely Proud and Powerful. Exactly. They, def they Proud and Powerful needs it more. FTR is already made in that company. Like, they're... Um, they're good to go no matter what, and they're always going to have their credibility. They can lose every now and then, but if they're if they're mainly if they're mainly winning and only losing like a couple times a year, to lose to a team like Santana and Ortiz doesn't hurt FTR at all. So, um, thank you very much again, Phyllis, for the super chat. We very much appreciate that. Moving on, we got the main event. Well, I I don't know if this is going to be the main event. Actually, this is the last one we're going to talk about, though. Um, I'd assume you know the main event probably should be Gage and Jericho because like. You know, especially if they're going to use a lot of the stuff that they're going to need to try to like sweep out of the ring. Um, you know, you might as well just do it at the end of yeah. the show. Um, but we'll see how it all shakes out. But this is the match that has the biggest implications because it's the elite, the team of Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and the Good Brothers taking on the team of Adam Hangman Page and the Dark Order, the, the combo of Uno Grayson, Silver, and Reynolds. The big caveat stipulation here is. If the Elite win, then Hangman Page cannot challenge for the titles and the, the Dark Order cannot challenge for the tag team titles. But it, it's the flip side the other way. If if the if Team Dark Order and Hangman wins, Hangman gets a world title shot, Dark Order gets tag title shots. I think. They're, they're, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that the tag team titles thing was official as well. I think that, I don't know. I think the tag team title thing is there. But I know for Hangman and Kenny, that's that's the main step. Yes. Um, and I and no, I think um, for Hangman to get a shot at the AW World Championship, the Dark Order has to win too. Right. Right. Okay. So there's a lot of moving pieces in this, and a lot of possibilities in this. A lot of yeah. ways it can go. Um, now, one thing that I think is a cool idea. I can't remember who I talked to about this. It may have been you. It may have been another show I did. But someone brought up a really good point of, you know, if the Dark Order wins and they're going to get tag title shots, obviously there's two tag teams there. You have Uno and Grayson and Silver and Reynolds on that team. Yeah. What I think would be awesome is if, like, Uno and Grayson got a shot at the AEW tag titles, but, but Silver and Reynolds got a shot at the 
Impact tag team titles. Ooh, yes, that would be great. That would be pretty cool because I think Silver and Reynolds could be really hurt? cool over an over an Impact. Um, it, I thought Silver was hurt. Is he still hurt? No, I think he's good to go now. Okay, good. Um, and then I mean, but once again, there's a lot of layers to this. I'm going to throw out a couple scenarios, and I want your thoughts on this. So, okay. obviously, kind of the most the most obvious answer would just be. Hangman and Dark Order win. Everyone gets their title shots. You got Hangman versus Omega at All Out, and like that all makes sense. And that's all stuff I'm totally fine with. Totally fine mm-hmm. if that's the route they go. But what if the Elite actually wins this match, and it's something where like the Dark Order, like because because the big part of the story is like Hangman is like on he he's like uh, self loathing, oh. and yeah. And the Dark Order is constantly like building him back up. Like he's like, especially if you watch like BTE, he's like they all think he's like this sexy cowboy they all want to be like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, and it, but on Dynamite, it's more so like they just really look up to him. Mm-hmm. And but there's, I think there's a story that can be told there still, where like Hangman and the team loses, and Hangman like is like, man, this was all my fault. Like I'm now, I'm not now. Not only am I not getting a title shot, I'm the reason you guys aren't getting title shots. And like, and it makes him even more kind of self-loathing. But, but like you know, six months from now or whatever, Hangman is built back up, and he wins the title then from Omega. I think everyone's in agreement. Hangman should beat Omega for the title. It's just a matter of like when they actually do it. So there's all that, and if they do that. One thing I think would be really, really interesting if they, if I don't, I don't know if they do it or not, but if the elite somehow wins this match, if they could potentially pull a story where it's like, okay, well, Heyman was the number one contender, um, he's not getting a title shot now, and then you look at the list of contenders and you, and I don't know who's on that list, but Kenny's probably beaten all of them already, or or most of them, or they can change the rankings just enough to where Kenny's beaten all the top five or whatever. And Kenny goes, like, I've beaten everyone there is to beat. Like, I'll be there at all out with my title in the ring. Anyone who wants some, you know, come and get it. And, you know, CM Punk in Chicago. Ooh, spicy. Or or even Brian Danielson. Like, if you leave it open for a mystery opponent and it's either Punk or Danielson, that would be huge. And people are expecting them already in AEW. So, like. I think that that's all possibility. I think the most likely scenario is the the Dark Order and Hangman just win, and we get Hangman and, and yeah. Kenny. But what do you think about those scenarios, and what do you think actually winds up happening? Like, who wins this match? I really like those scenarios, and I'm looking at the men's ranking as of last week. And other than the champions, which are Miro and Kenny Omega, you have Hangman Page, Jungle Boy, Christian Cage, Darby Allen, and Orange Cassidy. Okay, so he... He hasn't beat Christian one on one, but they've built to that. But that would not be the right match it's for all out. No. Um, and then, um, we said Darby's in there. Darby's in there behind Christian Cage. They could do Darby or OC. They because they haven't done OC and Kenny one on one. They did the triple threat, and they they left that open still to potentially. That wouldn't be a bad option either. Like, honestly, if they did Orange Cassidy versus Kenny one-on-one for the title, like, I wouldn't mind that at all. And I wouldn't mind Darby either. Um, But Darby just has other stuff going on. Yeah, he had that amazing match with Ethan Page, so. Awesome. 
Awesome. So good. Yeah, I mean, you know, before you started explaining stuff and kind of really, I hadn't really, you know, sat down and thought about it, but you're right. There's so many, like, layers to this match. There's so many scenarios that could happen. I've been kind of looking at it. Honestly, my prediction is that Hangman Page and the Dark Order do win, and they set up the match at All Out. But like I said, and like we've said a couple of times during the stream, the beauty of AEW is there are potentials for so many other opportunities, and they make sense. It makes sense for the elite to potentially win because they are monster heels right now in AEW. They love to be hated. This would be such a good, this would be like a Matt Cardona kind of thing. You know what I mean? Not not to that I level. Know what you mean, though, yeah. But just the. the well, because also someone's going to have to be Keddy if that's the case because it's an elimination. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And so that makes sense too. It makes sense for all this to happen. It makes sense for Hangman Page to go with the woe is me kind of storyline and not really a gimmick but the storyline and for the the dark order to build them back up again or you know maybe god forbid he like just turns on the dark order and goes his own way or something like that it makes sense for him to just completely have a mental breakdown and just go straight to the bottle and cm punk comes out and goes no straight edge homie and whatever (laughs) (laughs) and maybe that sets up his like rehabilitation so to speak even though i really would rather not see that on television because i'd rather watch him have a good time drinking beer yeah (laughs) but um i'm gonna go ahead and go with hangman page and the dark order win this match how they do it i don't really know i know we've talked about how champion we don't really like to see champions get pinned or lose but i feel like in this sense you kind of have to unless they do a chicken shit heel thing which i don't think will happen um i don't know but i'm really interested to see how it happens because i honestly have no earthly idea but i feel like they're going to make it work yeah and, and i feel like if if the elite loses i think kenny will like somehow dq himself or something i don't see any of them like pinning kenny george off. hook look at what george hook said that makes sense that could get that could cause a really that makes sense that's possible sammy callahan maybe coming because sammy's talking about how it's like not over between him and omega and they had a damn good match at slam reverse they did there um, was a pizza cutter in that match there was there was for sure um I it's something I, I didn't mention. I, I mentioned the idea of, of Silver and Reynolds going after the Impact Championships, and one big reason for that too that I just completely forgot to mention that the current Impact Tag Team Champions are the Good Brothers. So like you have all these people in this match already. So yeah, so I mean, it really I feel like that really makes a lot of sense. I, I'm with you. I, I'm with you on the prediction. I think that Hangman and the Dark Order win. I think Uno and Grayson get a shot at the Young Bucks. And Silver and Reynolds get a shot at the Good Brothers. And that all that, I think, happens at All Out. That said, though, I th- we'll do All Out predictions closer to the show. But, like, I still don't think Hangman wins the title yet. I don't know. Like, he has to beat Kenny. Like, he has to do it. But I just don't know if you do it yet. Because there's still so much Kenny can do as the belt collector right now. I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's still it's too soon to me. I know. I, we'll, we'll talk more about it yeah. later, but... But like you said, it's such a win-win. Like, ne- like neither of us are going to be upset either way. It's like, hey, man, wins. That's awesome. Kenny wins. That's yeah. awesome. Like, win-win. So, um, as long as Hangman eventually wins the title, all is well. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you all very much for all the Super Chats and stuff on that. Um, I've got about another 10 minutes or so before I got a bail. But okay. let's talk some GCW. Another Super Chat. Oh, sorry. We missed the Super Chat. Thank you. Um, Jesse, if you could read that out. Sure. 
So Santana Ortiz should become future AW Tag Team Champions. We connected more with them since Double or Nothing. I'm just more in love with them. I completely agree, Phyllis. Thank you so much for the super chat. They are fantastic. You know, when I think they really got a lot of respect for people was that street fight. The, them versus the best friends. That 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 was probably my favorite match in AEW that they've done. Like I love that match. Yeah, that was really good. So, and I know that they had the potential for more of that. So I I completely agree. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, the Santana Ortiz are. That's why I'm thinking like at all out. It would make sense to do all those tag matches that I mentioned because Santana and Ortiz, maybe like their title shot is you know the following pay per view or something. Yeah. Um, or even a dynamite, because they're so great about stacking some of these dynamites, like Fight for the Fallen being a perfect example. Like, that's another thing. They don't really necessarily even wait. I mean, next week is Cody versus Malachi Black on free TV. I mean, like, that's amazing. I just, yeah, I can't say enough good things. And thank you so much, Phyllis, for another super chat. Like, uh, we really, really, really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, before we get out of here, Jesse, I did want to get more of your thoughts on GCW because. Um, there was a lot of buzz about it this weekend. I loved, yeah. I loved both shows, and I love that you were texting me during the shows. Like you were like <laughs> marking out over there, and I was, I even said to you, I was like, "See, this is why, like, when I'm so negative on the WWE, it's because like I'm used to watching this." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, and and I know that you weren't alone too. I know you said you watched some GCW, but a lot of people. This was like the first GCW show that they bought. I heard that from probably twenty or thirty people this weekend. Wow. And um, so it's like there was. Anyway, yeah. Get, what, what like just give me some of your thoughts about it and and, okay. and Cardona. I mean Cardona winning and the reaction is like you can Insane. you can only. I've talked to multiple wrestlers since that show, just like about this. And every one of them has told me I would die to get a response like that. Like, right. you know, so yeah, your thoughts. Well, for one, An I earthquake do... of maximum measured intensity of okay. two occurred. Cool. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking earthquake. Hope everyone's I mean, okay. there was an earthquake in the wrestling scene this weekend with GCW homecoming. I do want to say, this showed me, like, true passion in professional wrestling. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Those fans are just incredible. I loved when they would rush to the ring and start banging on the ring. Yeah. And then they would just go back. Like, they were one with the wrestlers. It was, it, it's honestly, it's incredible. And just what cracks me up, too, is the commentary. The commentary is just like, yeah, fuck Dave Meltzer. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Oh fuck! That looks like it hurt. Like they just don't care. They are fans too. Outlaws. Like at the end of the day, professional wrestling is about passion. It's about having fun, and that's what I felt all this weekend with GCW. It felt passionate. It felt like fun. It felt good. It did. Of course, there were crazy death matches with some insane spots that I just were. Ooh, it's like, man, how much are you getting paid to do this? this My God, all the respect. <laughs> syringe in the nose and all that stuff coming out. Oh, man, that was so cool. And then you have, like, the light tubes, and they're just, like, knocking themselves in the head with the light tubes. And and then you've got uh, Ninja Mac just being absolutely insane. And I just – I had so much fun watching these shows that I actually did tune into day two, which happened to be earlier on in the day – I watched that over, like, the Olympics, which is a big deal for me. 
And I had so much fun, and the heat on Matt Cardona was insane. And I do have a question. Okay, so I know Matt Cardona, you know, his dad was a wrestler, right? I, I don't I don't know, like, I really don't know. I know his dad's, like, super supportive over what he does, and maybe he, like, okay. helped promote here and there. I know his dad owned a gym, and I think his dad was linked to, like, the American Gladiators in some way. But okay. I don't know. But anyway, what, what's the question? So did he have, like, before he went to WWE, did he have, like, a va- a massive, like, indie history? No. No. So he was, he's very much a WWE guy? Yes. Okay, so this goes to my point even more. To see somebody like Matt Cardona, a.k.a. formerly known as Zach fucking Ryder, woo, 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 go in there and put on a death match like that and get that kind of massive reaction so organically, so so simply, so not simply, I mean, he nearly bled to death, but you know what I mean. Yes. In one match, he was able to get the most desired response you want as a heel. And it really does tell me the flaws with a watered-down, commercialized wrestling system. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It makes sense why they have to water it down and commercialize it and kind of dilute it from what it truly is. Yeah, it, you market it, you water it down, you make it a company thing. But when you when you take that and you take that and you concentrate it and you say, what if we took this and I, I don't want to say put it on steroids. Cause, <laughs> I know what you mean, though, yeah. If you want to up the ante and put that passion to 11, you watch a GCW show, that is what you want professional wrestling to be. GCW is what... When I picture passionate professional wrestling fans, I picture GCW now. I picture a show like that because you're going to have nothing but fun. You're going to feel all the emotions. You're going to want to look away. You're going to get invested. You're going to have passion. But you're at the end of the day, even though Zack Ryder, Zack Ryder, Jesus, Matt Cardona won, like it wasn't like when The Undertaker lost at WrestleMania. I didn't. I didn't end that show feeling like shit. I ended GCW Homecoming that first night, like reignited with my passion for professional wrestling. I ended that show feeling like energized as a professional wrestling fan. And that's really hard to do other than AEW. So I, I hats off to GCW. They had a fantastic show. I'm definitely interested. By the way, if you're going to have an amazing GCW show like that, keep your fucking small sized shirts in stock because I wanted to buy a shirt oh, and it was actually- yeah they sold out small and medium so next time try and keep your shirts in stock but um yeah GCW was absolutely fantastic that's awesome I love hearing that from you because you know I push this stuff pretty hard like I've definitely it's become cool. more known as the guy who like like the indie dude which I love like that's like the biggest respect i can get i think from the wrestling community yeah. when somebody's like yo i watch gcw because i keep hearing you talk about it like that's where i'm like fuck yeah like that's what i'm trying to do like i'm never telling people not to watch WWE or not watch any certain company i'm just saying there are options and mm-hmm. um and i mean there's there's so much like you know the Meltzer stuff with cardona because that was like a 
controversial thing. I don't think what he said was controversial. I, I, I think the idea that he thinks that there was plants in the crowd, I don't think there was plants in the crowd. No. But, but I don't think what he said was really that controversial from the perspective of, like, it should not be the norm to throw things at wrestlers because you because you don't know what people have. If you had a batter in your pocket and they throw it and it's hit someone in the back of the head, like, that could be a really, really, really big problem. But for this particular instance... They all threw like empty water bottles and all like and nothing hurt anybody, and so and it was right after. I mean, it's like look at what they just did to themselves with pizza cutters and barbed wire and glass and all this stuff. And it's like I don't think anyone's shook over some water bottles after that. Um, but I understand where Dave's coming from, but I also think that he doesn't actually pay that much attention to the GCW product, so. You know, I think he just doesn't quite understand what he's really talking about. But at the same time, like that—that's—that's that's the react. I mean, that's the best reaction he could have ever imagined. Literally, one, two, three, stands up, and the first thing that happens if you pay close attention, a bottle hits him right in the balls. Like the right in the first thing that hits him right in the balls, and then it's just like pop, 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 and just bottles flying from all directions hitting him, hitting the ring, flying over him. That was insane. Um, and, then, insane. and then also, like, what... You mentioned some other guys. Like, one of my favorite things about these shows is the entrances. Because, like, you mentioned Nick Gage. Like, Nick Gage is so over, he couldn't even, like, get to the ring. Matt Car- no, he didn't. Matt Cardona was so hated, he needed security to park people so he could get to the ring. Um, right. AJ Gray, when his music hits, everybody's rapping Walk a Flock of Flame. I, I, I yes. my money up. Now I can't re-up. And everybody is just up there with him, bouncing around. And one of my favorite things of the whole weekend, my, one of my favorite things, Jesse, in wrestling, is, and you get to see it on the indies way more often than you get to see it on mainstream, is you can sometimes see and recognize the moment that a wrestler realizes that they're over. And, yes. and like Ninja Mac, like, so Ninja Mac's been, been doing GCW for a few months now, but he's still mm-hmm. relatively new. He wrestled Tony Deppin and Tony Deppin's a made man on the Indies. Like he's, you know, former Ring of Honor television champion. He's on Ring of Honor TV like every week. He's a, a big player in GCW has been for years. He's beyond wrestling, you name it. He's, he's Tony Deppin is one of the tippy top best dudes on the Indies. So when he comes out, he already knows like, we built this city. People are going to be singing along. Like, he's going to be over no matter what. Ninja Max probably in the back going like, oof, Tony just got a hell of a reaction. Like, I don't know if these this crowd's even going to really know much about me. Like, let's see how this goes. And, like, the dude runs out doing his, like, Naruto run. Like, out, like, through the crowd. And, like, there's kind of, like, not a lot of noise. But then his the beat drops for his song. And, and it's actually the, the header picture on my Twitter right now. It's the crowds around him, and right when the beat drops, everybody's going, Ninja, Ninja. And you see him looking back and forth at the people around him, and he's like, he starts bouncing around and like throws his symbol up, and everyone's like, and you can tell, like, that was when he realized how over he was. Oh, I see it. Oh, that's so special. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. It's really cool, and it's so like I said, so organic and so natural and so wholesome. <laughs> you know, it's awesome. so bleeding, awesome. but it is. It's awesome, such a big fan. So, anybody else that like really uh, caught your eye over the weekend that maybe didn't know a lot about? 
Boy Charlie. Yeah, only 18 eight years old. Yep. Ridiculous. Um, man, just like everybody, I think there's everybody on that on that show. Have you had you had a chance to see Effie wrestle before? Um, I've seen Big Gay Brunch. Okay. So, yes, a little bit, but I I really hadn't got to see him like in his element, and I just love it. And I love the fact that like nobody gives a shit really that he's gay. <laughs> no, it actually works to his advantage. Like, like cause... it works to his advantage, and it's not like a like. Ooh, look, he's gay. It's like okay, he's gay, and he's a fucking badass wrestler. I really love Effie, even just on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I know him. Also, I'm familiar with him from watching the Nobodies. They were drag queens that watch wrestling, and they have a YouTube channel. And they review wrestling. And um, he's been on their show a couple times. I really do enjoy Effie, and I love his passion. And he's going to be a part of the War Games, isn't he? Yeah, so so the second gear crew is a stable yeah. in GCW. And it's Mance Warner and Matthew Justice, who just won the titles, the tag titles over yeah. the weekend. Um, and I told you, too, like, Matthew Justice, the WWE had him signed, like, 10 years ago and just put him okay. in FCW and fired him after, like, six months. Um you, and also in that same group is Effie, AJ Gray, um, Ali Catch, Manders, but Manders wasn't on the shows this weekend. But, like, that's the second gear crew. So, like, you have this, like, it's, it's like, to me, like, on paper, it looks like the most random assortment of friends. Because it's, like, people from, like, you got Mance Warner, who's, like, the southerner dude. Like, Lariats and Light Beers is his, like, whole gimmick. Yeah. And he's, oh, Manser. And then you got Matthew Justice, who's like a total metalhead, just trying to carry on the legacy of ECW, basically. You've got Allie Catch, who, you know, a female in the group, but also gets like very vulgar and does death matches and stuff. You got Effie, who's like the in your face, I'm gay. And if you have a problem with that and you're a homophobe, I'm going to kick your ass. Like, it's, like, Effie's awesome. AJ Gray is a dude who I'm always saying, like, he's like. Our, yeah. our generation of what like an all Japan pro wrestler was in like the early yeah. 90s. He's so talented. I love AJ Gray. Yeah, and him and Nolan Edward had a great match over the weekend too. Like I sure did. So like, I mean, there's so much good stuff there. Um and and that's what and so War Games is going to be um part of SGC, so it's going to be Manders or sorry not Manders. Uh, Mance Warner, Matthew Justice, AJ Gray and Effie from the F- from the SGC, and they're going to be teamed with Alex Cologne, who just won the who just lost the Ultraviolet Championship to Drew Parker and Nick Gage. So that's Team MDK, aka Team GCW, basically. And then four four zero is going to be Ricky Shane Page, Atticus Kogar, The Bev, Eric Ryan, Eddie Only, and Gregory Iron. So on paper, Team GCW should win this match because, like. I'm a big fan of all these guys, but like Eddie only and Gregory iron are used more as kind of like chicken shit heels. Um, and like the Bev and Eric Ryan, I think are both pretty good, but not like great, but Atticus Kogar and RSP are both like big money in my opinion. Um, so, but anyways, that all being said, like that's what war games is going to be. And I think that's going to be the final blow off for RSP versus gauge because something that, just to kind of catch you up and we'll, we'll jump off stream here in a second, but just to catch you up on kind of the, like the lore and history of this, basically what happened was Nick Gage was the GCW champion for like, for like years straight. Like he had a super long title run. 
and he wrestled AJ Gray in a one-on-one match for the title like two years ago. And um, Ricky Shane Page interfered during the match and AJ Gray didn't like know the interference happened, but like took advantage and won the title from Nick Gage. Like AJ Gray broke Nick Gage's like years long title run. And And then right after the match, RSP challenged AJ Gray and won the title. So AJ Gray only had the belt for like a few minutes, but RSP didn't beat Gage for the title. He beat AJ for the title. And then for the next 16 months, RSP would not give Nick Gage a title shot. And that's what culminated at spring break. That was finally Nick Gage getting his hands on RSP for the first time in like a year and a half of trying to get a shot at his championship that he never lost. And he beat him for the title. So everyone figured that was the end of it. But now it's like RSP helped Cardona win the title and now we're going to have this War Games match. But that kind of catches people up who might not have been watching. That's why this whole War Games thing makes sense. That's why RSP and Gage hate each other so much and like where we're at with all this right now. Nice. That's fun. Long-term storytelling. Yes. Make it make sense. Yes. But uh, but that's I, I got to bail because my dad's going to be here soon. That's fine. Where me and him are going to go hit Dave and Buster's together today. So, um, sure. You want to support us, hit the links in the description. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, make sure to follow Music City Toys and Collectibles and check them out on all social media. Make sure to hit up my brother Brian Jensen at Boxing ATL. Um, he'll help you, uh, you know, with anything you're looking for, whether you have like neurological issue or you just want to become like a fighter or you want to know self-defense that's Instagram.com slash, um, boxing ATL for Brian Jensen. And of course, WrestleRumble.com. They have contests going on constantly. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at WrestleRumble to stay up to date with all the contests and, uh, join in right now. Right now they have that Seinfeld, uh, style drawing of the rock, Austin undertaker and savage. So um, that's everything I've got. And Jesse, please make sure to plug everything you got before we get out of here. Hit that like, subscribe if you haven't. We'd really appreciate your uh, subscription. Thank you so much for the chat. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for all the super chats. And um, OnlyFans.com slash Jesse the Buckeye. Um, that's where you can find me if you want to talk to me. And uh, my baby is mad. And uh, Jesse25 for 25% off your Papa John's pizza order. Yes. That's my dick. Use it. Follow both of us on Twitter. Fight talk underscore for me. Jesse the Buckeye for Jesse. Um, I will be attending a funeral on Saturday, so we won't be doing. We were gonna try to do a show on Saturday, but I will be at a funeral. Um, rest in peace to my friend Derek Thornberry. I want to give him a shout out right now and his family. His brother Jason is one of my best friends. Uh, one of our buddies from high school and college that died way too young at the age of like thirty four. So um, it's a real bummer. It really is. And, uh, you know, I'll be doing that on Saturday and paying my respects um, to him. So once again, you know, memory here with uh, with my friend Derek Thornberry and his brother Jason and their whole family. And it really sucks, but um, we'll get through it. And, uh, and that's everything I've got. Uh, Jesse, anything before we sign off? Nope. Just I'm so sorry for your loss and I'm sending love to their family. It's such a tragedy.
it is, but you know, I appreciate that, and I'll make sure to I'll make sure to let everybody know when I'm at the funeral that there's other people that even didn't even know Derek that are thinking about their family and stuff. Yes, so, absolutely. so, uh, so that's gonna do it for us today, y'all. We'll probably be back. Um, I mean, potentially maybe Sunday or something if we have time. Um, so yeah. maybe over the weekend, uh, if not early next week, but we'll keep you posted. If you're if you're following both of us on Twitter, we always put links out, and if you're subscribed, hit that notification bell. Make sure you know when we're going live.